That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Good evening to you, Dennis. Oh, hello, uh, Eric. Is it is it the happiest of you? hours? It is the happiest hour of my day, well, without a doubt. Thank. I'm so so glad. Uh, so welcome back, everyone. Both of you. Yes, both of you. You and you. I, for once, did some homework for this episode. It was, huh, it was hard to believe. It, I know, right? It was a sign to me that I watched the movie Beautiful, spelled oh, in yeah. Spanish pronunciation, uh, which I did. And I have some thoughts. Well, um, let's just start with those, shall we? It sounds like a riveting discussion already. Well, I don't know about riveting, but, you know, please do write in if you're Mild. riveted or not. Uh, Mildly interesting. Yeah, so you very much emphasized the idea that there was a lot of whispering going on. And to be honest, I haven't heard a movie with so much whispering, but f- for sure that whispering was might very, very well. Like there was a lot of, it wasn't action like you could see the people whispering. It was another, other footage placed over where they were whispering. There was a lot of whispering. And I, I was very impressed that the whispering was so audible. Should we whisper the rest of the podcast? It's hard for me to lean forward this far because my back hurts. Well, it's too bad you're so old. I, I really can't. I really don't want to hear you whisper because it really is gross. You're like a pervert of some kind, and I don't want to be any part of it. You go back to your place where you go, but no more whispering. We have to talk. We have to talk some sometime about the concept of ASMR, which uh, is a, a bizarre podcasting phenomenon. But uh, we'll get to that. You said this is going this. That I was going to agree that this was the best Harvey uh, Bardem oh, movie. Well, if you say it like no, 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 you say it like no, that. no, no. But uh, and it was a great movie, but it was not. It hurt to watch. Like what I wanted. What oh. I wanted a movie. I'm fine with movies that I'm fine with movies that make me cry. Oh, here we go. Because you know your Schindler's List or whatever, where it's where it's a tragedy has happened, but. This was just tragic from beginning to end. There was there yes, was no that, that doesn't that that doesn't address his performance. No 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 that no for sure for sure for sure his performance was amazing. Uh, but I thought it was his best performance. Is what I should have ah, said. I don't think I did okay. say that. It, it, and and what and and it's a second opinion to say that it's the best movie I've ever seen him, and that is a different opinion. Okay, okay. That second opinion is one which you differ with. The question is outstanding about the first. Yes. Point. Uh, it was it was so good. It was like there was no acting going on. Like there was a guy and that was and that was him. Uh, so for sure I will give you that it didn't look it didn't feel like there was any it was so legit that I didn't feel like there was any director behind the camera uh, you know, controlling things or an actor that had, right. had learned his lines. Right. It right. felt just but legit, the, real uh, truth. So, which, which one of the parts of that, which I imagine is is the uh, pinnacle that you're striving for when you're making a movie. But only because, only because, in this case, I think that not only that it, even at the start of it, it wasn't so much just the compelling performance. It was a compelling performance and a particularly unique character. So, if that character. And that screenplay wasn't so unique, then his performance could not have been as remarkable because it wouldn't have been applied onto a canvas 
as remarkable as this character. I I'll give you that. If sure. that makes sense. Yes. Uh, but you don't have to give it. To no, I, I'm selling it to you. I'm, I'm selling you my opinion. In that case, I'm buying. Send it. me ten bucks. So, <laughs> send me ten bucks. Hey, pal, I need it. Well, anyone that wants to give us money can go to Patreon.com/slash/HappyHour. Uh, and the other thing that really, like, disturbingly gripped me was the fact that his kids are more or less the same age as mine. And oh. there's a there's an older girl and a younger boy, and they're probably what my kids were two years ago, uh, or maybe maybe now I don't know, uh, but that was extremely like oh my god I get I I, I get the feelings this man must have for his kids. Um, it sounds it sounds very powerful. Well, that's good. Um, whispers make everything seem more important. So. Also, the character suffers from a a weakness that I have. I would consider it one of my parenting flaws is I'm more of a stickler about uh, manners at the table than I wish I was. Uh, and I'm not so much like... Is an, your father like that? Not not now. Not now and not that I can recall yeah, from... Not that I can recall. When you suspenders. Not that I can recall. Yes, I don't have memories of there being strict rules. But in general, growing up in the South, you learn that there are table manners and stuff. Um, you, yes, but you, you weren't born with that. You weren't born with that. I no insistence on manners. You I, learned it. I, yes, for sure. I, I'll, I'll, I'll. Or you copped it. I will buy that from you. Or you copped it. It's another ten bucks. Or you copped it. You copped it. You saw somebody else do it. And you said, hey, that's cool. But I want to cop that behavior. I want to be a strict manners parent. Because the guy who did it was cool. And you said, huh, I want to be like him. He's, he's cool. So I want to be like that, too. You copped it. Maybe. But I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. But the fact that you think it's a possibility <laughs> is very telling. Okay? That means that it's true. All right? But, but also, <laughs> also. You are. Well, while I have told my kids, hey, stop kicking the table, I haven't slammed my hand down on the table and said, stop kicking the goddamn table, like our character in the movie does. Uh, but I don't know. It, like, well, it was it was a compelling scene. Yes, 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 for and, sure. And, and so. Uh, and also, I want I want to give so credit hey, to the I want to give credit to the to the boy actor, where he there's a scene there's a scene where 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 the father Javier says. Uh, don't put too much food in your mouth. And the boy spits out half of the food. And the father's like, don't be such a fucking pig. Put all that food back in your mouth. And the boy is like yeah, looking right. at him like, uh, okay. Which, which is, and that, that, that really, that really touched me in a way of, I have found myself giving contradictory, uh, you know, orders to my children. Uh, not, what was not, that boy's name in the movie? No idea. Mario or? Yeah. Well, and, I have no idea, but the the but the actor's name uh, the, the the actor was so good in that because the, he the way he looked at at Bardem like okay dad I guess I'll put this back in my mouth like that that really touched me in a way that I've seen my my own children look at me like you just told me not to do this and now you're telling me to do it uh, it I don't know it it was touching. Well, here's the point about the movie expanding from that point about. 
this young child actor. The other is that, in fact, there was not an actor in the movie who wasn't impeccable. There wasn't a poor performance. No, no, no. It was a tragic, it was a tragic, distressing, unsettling, very compelling, uh, dark, you know, experience. Yes. The, the... But, but, but only, only, only able to reach that level of depth. Because each performance was impeccable, led by Javier. Yes, yes. And Just, the, the, the word that kept coming up to my mind was gritty. The movie felt gritty. Gritty, yeah. It was... And what, it, was it was in Seville was, or Madrid? Uh, no, wrong or both. Good try. It was in Barcelona. And oh. the... And I, I knew this watching it because they slipped in some... some Catalan, which is the language that they speak in, in Barcelona. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was dark the whole way through. And I have a hard time. Well, I, I, two exceptions, if I may. Two exceptions, if I may. You may. If I may. You may. And it's actually the same exception two times. The beginning and the ending was uplifting and was incredible. It was the only time in the entire movie that Javier's character smiled, let alone laughed. The only time in the entire movie. And when he laughed at the end, it was for me the most emotional, poignant part of the entire movie. Even though I witnessed it earlier on, I did not know of how course, much yes. I wanted to see that smile and that laugh because he finally was, he finally was at peace. It was... it. And that was uplifting to me in a way that that ended the experience on a very uh, difficult to describe, questioning, ethereal, existential place. Yes. But with a sense of joy and actually hope, because, in fact, I knew at the end that the suffering man... Was a piece. Was laughing, and was going over there mm -hmm. to see what's that over there. Mm -hmm. I, I I played it back in my head. I feel like I've seen it three or four times, but I've seen it once. It's 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 engraved. I will. It's engraved. I will grant you, or I will buy that from you. The uh, <laughs> thirty bucks, another ten. That PayPal. That yes, the uh, they. In the in the in the industry, they call it bookending, where they start with the same scene and they end with the same scene. Uh, and for sure, for the first ten minutes of the movie, they give you. And I, this is a thing I love about movies. I, I love I love movies that don't over-explain anything. They don't say this is what's happening to this there, character. There, there was no there was explanation. No, you were no, just on your no. own to figure out what the hell was going you on with this movie. Were, you were in fact a witness. Right. You were you were just a fly this. on the wall. Yeah. Drama of his of, of, of his life and his, and his loved ones and and relationships lives. Yes. And the tragedy, the enormity of the death, the surreal, existential, spiritual connection with the dead, trying to pass, was so intriguing and so riveting. That I the entire movie, I had no idea what might happen next because what was happening in front of my eyes was nothing short of astounding. 
Okay, so I'm going to push back a little bit that I... The whole sixth sense seeing dead people aspect of the movie uh, was superfluous to me. Like, I didn't need... I didn't need the idea that he was a medium of any sort. Like that, that whole part could have been cut out in my, in my opinion. I was. But listen, man, without, without that connection, the beginning and the ending made less sense because in fact, the connection to that scene as a, as a, as an observer was electrified by the fact that this was a man who had been connected with the afterlife. And so his particular afterlife experience would be expected to be, to me, so unusual, where the dead owl and the coughing up of the final phlegm and hairball that an owl coughs up after it dies Mm -hmm. as a metaphor for his entire life was, for me, intricately connected to the fact that he was part of that afterlife in a way that he certainly that others would not be couldn't understand. Well, certainly, but, but he couldn't understand it in his his anguish in the arms of uh, his mother. Hmm. If and, and I become confused if it was his mother, but I think it was his mother. Um, was told me all I needed to know about the fact that he he didn't know what he had, but what he had was part of what his family had. And so his particular episode of passing was more relevant. So, in fact, I have to disagree with you in the strongest possible terms. I was going to disagree, but not in the strongest possible terms. <laughs> and I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> so uh, if I had a glove in my hand, I'd slap your face. That's how strongly I feel. The strongest possible terms. Did my point get through to you? Now, now, what else do you have? So Come back, the, if you dare. The I'll slap you around next time I see you, no matter what. Now, I've never done it, but I'm going to do it. So be prepared. So, Your father will probably intervene. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay with with heaven imagery in movies, uh, but the and. Seeing your ancestor for you know a couple of minutes in the movie, fine, whatever. Uh, but well, you're dismissive. You're dismissive, even of that uh, remarkable point. But that's okay. Yeah, you're. you're I, you're, I am dismissive of you're that. You're jaded. You're jaded and beyond your years. You're you're mentioning of heaven, and in regards to this movie, can only bring to mind. One of the most remarkable hymns of ancient times. Oh, Lord. In heaven, there is no beer. That's why we drink it down here. In heaven, there is no beer. That's why we drink it down here. Sing it with me now. In heaven, sing it with me now. In heaven, heaven, there there is is no beer. beer. What sort of heaven is this? That's why we drink it down here. This is heaven, asshole. Don't you get it? Oh, and sing it with me! Heaven, this is this is heaven because we have beer. No, yes, and in the in the, ah, and in the future thick. heaven, there's no beer because it sucks. Thick as, oh, <sighs> yeah, thick as a brick. I for I sure. Don't know why I do this with you? I need to find a partner that is not only 
technologically advanced you are and could produce every moment of everything, but also is a little bit more clever. Uh, but I'll keep I'll keep you on. I do my part every week. Okay, so I call it my ear. So let's 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 forgive the the supernatural bit of this movie. Uh, the forgive it. forgive oh, fuck. forgive it. Let's uh, look. Let's acknowledge it at least. Let's acknowledge it and look to the other parts. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay, fine. Well, it, well, it's mediocre at best, but I've gotten used to that with you. <laughs> but, but last time you mentioned one of the things. Lukewarm, you, Luke, lukewarm will have to do. Go ahead. What's your next point? <laughs> you know, there's got to be some guy in the world named Lukewarm. <laughs> you know where he lives? Scalding, Pennsylvania. That's a real town. Look it up. Put it in the show notes. Scalding. That's where Joe Biden is from. Did you see the debate? If Joe Biden no. said one more time, number one, he'd say a point, and then he'd say number one, then he'd say number two, and then he'd say, the fact of the matter is. We need a count. You could post this because it's there out there in the data world. How many times did Joe Biden say during the debate, the fact of the matter is? You guess and I'll guess, and we'll go from there. Did you see the debate? I did not. But that, what, we know what that sounds like. Oh. That sounds like a drinking game. I think people, our, our listeners should watch the debate. And every time Joe Biden says the fact of the, the, fact of the matter is, uh, they have to take a drink. And then... Well, here's... And then, here's, and then they'll wake up in time for then, you know, three episodes from now. During the drinking game, you have to say the words, the fact of the matter is, to coincide with Biden, and the person who gets it closest doesn't have to drink, and everybody else does. Oh, good, good rules, good rules. The fact of the matter is, 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 and the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is. Okay, that could work. Yes. So we could package it and put beer in the package, like... Like, you know your uh, story, an uh, episode ago about the special McDonald's around the world burgers that you ran it about for, fuck me, good yes. Lord, half the episode? Yes. Right? This would be <laughs> an around the world of beers. But because we wanted to sell, and this does connect to a vignette I have of earlier this evening, this would be a selection of amber beers from around the world. Get a little Smithics up in there. Smittix. Well, Schmittix. Schmittix. It smells like Smithwicks. It's not pronounced that way. Hold on. Let me go back to the movie for a little bit more time, and then we're going to talk about your anecdotes. It was actually a vignette rather than an anecdote. Very different. Right. Very different. So if you're going to line me up, cue me up properly. Okay. I'm sorry. You can cut this part out if it's embarrassing that the listening public understands the need for editing based on your rather unnerving shortcomings. <laughs> the public the public is totally aware of my unnerving unnerving shortcomings. Because the public it consists of your mother, your father, and one other guy who mows your fucking lawn. That's the entire crew that listens to this. The public, no. They don't they don't they don't listen yeah. to this. Uh, no, the three of them don't. The guy who does the lawn only listen sporadically. Yes. And your mother is disgusting, so it's just your dad. For sure, for sure. 
you you asked me last time if if I could give my if I thought what was representative what was representative of Spain in general, and ah uh, yes, and for sure, this underbelly uh, urban world has nothing to do with what I experience. I don't I don't see this level of you know hiding immigrants and uh, and just the when, when at the very beginning of the movie where where uh, Javier Bardem is serving his kids breakfast cereal for dinner and their kids are like, uh, well, this isn't what I want. And he was like, well, what do you want? And what they tell him is the stereotypical child's favorite food in Spain, which is basically French fries and a fried egg. Uh, that is what my kids, if if I ever offer, if I ever say, "Hey, this is what's for dinner," and I say French fries and French fries and a fried egg, uh, they they will be so so happy. Uh, do they dip the French fry into the yolk of the egg as I would? Some do. Yes, my kids, uh, my eldest will do that. Uh, but so anyway, that that was very that was very truthful. But I have no idea what this inner city immigration racket is like. And I also but, I also don't have any reason to disbelieve what was presented in the movie, like uh, that's that hard. Question, actually. That that's. But, but was this a what was this a representation that was in fact new to you, or did, were you aware of the underbelly of Barcelona, to some degree? I I am it aware. Would, it, would be, it would be. I am aware of that. It would be strange for me to hear that you didn't know about this. Well, I am aware for, for, for sure that uh, when there's a there's a marketplace or in a crowded city center, there will often be uh, African folks there with a, with a blanket laid out of wares that they would be happy to sell you that are, you know, cheap Chinese crap uh, or, you know, uh, pirated DVDs or something. And I am aware that they have a rope that is tied to each of the four ends of their, of their sheet so such that they can grab the middle of it and pull it up and take all of their stuff away if the police come. That is a th- common. Wow. That's a fairly common thing that is seen in Spain. Uh, so that is for sure legit. As for the immigrants, uh, Chinese folks that Korean, Korean or yeah, uh, th- those guys were. I don't have any connection with that market or that idea of of a uh, of a sweatshop that is you know building little bags and things. So, but I I don't. Uh, again, I don't deny that it exists. I mean, I, I, it seems seems legit to me. Ah, well, it was disturbing. It was disturbing and and so chaotic, and uh, just uh, hard hard to watch. But in, in in my view, not unlike what I'm aware of in every major uh, city in the world. Sure, sure. You know, and in, in, in the neighborhoods that exists there that are so uh, different from anything I've ever experienced or praise, praise God will never experience um, such a hard life. I have one final thought about the movie that I want to express. Man, uh, my kids, especially my six year old is at the age where he likes to ask me, uh, what's the thing that you fear most? I'm like fuck, man. That's a deep question. Uh, let me yeah. let me let me think about it. Uh, 
And That's what you say to your ten-year-old. Fuck man. <laughs> Six-year-old. <laughs> fuck, fuck man. Let me think about that, bruh. <laughs> so, my, so your, your six-year-old will grow up to be a biker. There's no doubt about it. But my my legit answer to him is. Uh, that anything happened to to my to my kids, uh, you know. That's on, on becoming a parent, it it became more important to me that nothing bad happened to my kids. Uh, and the close second to that is what is depicted in the movie: is that something will happen to me, and I will have to my kids will have to grow up without me. Um, I I remember. There's a there's a Michael Keaton movie. The plot of the movie is that he is recording videos of himself. This is pre selfie, pre smartphone, where he is recording because he's gonna die because he's recording videos of himself for his kids to tell to tell them look, uh, like he teaches his son who is an infant or whatever uh, about how to shave. You know, this is how you shave. You do this and this, and stuff like that. And that movie is. I, I, it's unwatchable to me because it's so, so tragic. Too emotional. And that is a particular uh, thorn in my heart of the idea that my kids would grow up and not know me. And, you know, please let it not be the case that they're listening to this when I'm gone and, you know, they're wondering how I am. But anyway, uh, that is super, super sad to me. And the fact that this movie just jumps right into that as, as well as having it have happened to the primary character uh, is just mm, heart-wrenching to me. So you were, you were so unsettled by this movie that you actually may not have liked it all that much because of the way that it left you feeling, which is no um, stain on the performances or the quality of the movie, but simply a personal opinion about what you are after. Yes. When you see movies. And in my household, I've often argued the fact that when others here have said it was so sad and tragic, I, I, I don't I don't know. It wasn't it was. I didn't love it. And I separate that from the my opinion, which is that I go to a movie to become emotionally extended. Yes. And whatever direction that extension goes, while I certainly wouldn't say that I don't like high hilarity. And I love to laugh out loud. I'm almost more impressed when it takes me to the point of of sorrow. This, yeah. as this movie did, beyond uh, and a sorrow, but mixed with an existential anxiety and and a set of uh, uh, existential questions yes. um, about here now and later. Yes, the for sure the. I can't say that I that after watching it, I was like, "Whoa, what a great movie!" But on the other hand, I can't stop thinking about it, which means that it was a great movie. So, uh, I will I will give it that for sure. So let's talk about right. something happier. Cue the vignette. At the local pub, I enter and order my bottle of Smittix, and they tell me, "Well, I'd like a Smittix, please." And she says, oh, okay, and hands me the bottle and says, it's our last bottle. In fact, it's our last bottle ever. No. And I said, what do you mean ever? I said, what do you mean ever? And she said, it's the last bottle. Nobody drinks it. 
I said, what do you mean nobody drinks it? I, I, I just fucking ordered and it. I drank two bottles. <laughs> and I drank two bottles. She said, well, we put it on special to three bucks so I could get rid of it. I said, well, I appreciate that. Who do you think drank it all? And she said, well, I don't. nobody else is drinking it. And I said, well, you want me to go to another bar? Because that's what I'll do. Nice. I won't come here anymore. And I come here a lot. And she said, well, if you're going to drink it, I'll order it. I said, what did I just say? <laughs> I was I was beyond. I, and, and during it, I, I was looking forward to my second pair. And I said, well, if you don't have this, I said, certainly you've got fat tire on tap. Yes. She said, well, no, no, but I, I'm, I, you know, I've, I've got it downstairs. I think I'm going to put the tap in, but I otherwise have this beer from um, Founders Brewery in Grand Rapids, and it's called uh, Dirty Bastard, and it's an amber. And I said, Dirty Bastard is an amber. She said, yeah, it's a scotch ale. I said, well, if it's a scotch ale, I'm not sure that it's amber, but let's, maybe. So she gave me a sample, uh-huh. and while I was sampling it, and still with the, uh, you know, the factor of no Smittix, yeah. Right. After this one bottle, she went ahead and tapped the fat tire keg. Nice. And so I had a glass of the founders uh, resting and and, you know, uh, getting ready to, to drink from the pork. And then she said, well, I don't like beer and I don't drink beer. So would you taste this fat tire and tell me if it's OK? So she gave me about, you know, a little double gulp in the bottom of the glass. And she said, that just earns you a free beer. And then she poured me a full fat tire. So my vignette is this. Wait, I, I will be I will open, sample beer in be open young grasshopper to the to the ever the never ending opportunities that beer tasting affords you. I would I would definitely taste a free beer. I would I would taste a beer in exchange for a beer. Sure. Oh and, and as it turns out, the founders was more malty than I like. And while it was in fact a amber ish it had a scotch bitterness to it from cooking it in the keg uh-huh. that I didn't like, and I didn't finish the sample she gave me. Uh, but, so, I mean, there is a, if I don't like it, I'm not going to drink it. Well, you're so discerning in your... <laughs> yeah, that's my middle name, discernment. <laughs> yes. For the last week, I've been living on my own as a bachelor because I sent... Wow, where's mama gone? My wife and kids have gone away on vacation, but I don't get that much vacation during the summer. So I've been living at home alone, which there's actually a phrase in Spain for when the when the mother and kids go on vacation in the summer and the father has to stay home and work. And that's being de Rodriguez. That's like... It, it it's like it's being it's like being Mr. Smith because Rodriguez is a is a very common surname in Spain uh, and I don't know where exactly this came from but it's this whole idea of being I don't know if it's about being your own you know being a liberated man because that's a ridiculous idea but uh, there's this there's this concept uh, and it's Dave Rodriguez Dave Rodriguez and it's been it's been very the word that always comes to mind is unmooring. Like I don't have any, uh, like I've got a, I've got my day job and I've got my set hours where I need to be working. But the rest of the time, like I haven't had this much. I mean, I've, this is not the first year that I've, that I've done a little bit of this, but uh, it reminds me of just being a single person with all the rest of the day free with no homework from school or anything. And just being 
Like I can do whatever the hell I want. I can get up at the time that I want, or I can go to bed at the time that I want. And it's been really bizarre because sometimes I'll like stay up really late and I'll get up really late. And other times I'll be tired and I'll go to bed early and I'll get up really early. And it's just this very bizarre and there's nobody else in the house, which, which leads to another of my fears of, uh, you know, being home alone and like falling down the stairs, having some accidents or something like the, the, I distinctly remember in the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks, where he decides he's going to, he's going to hang himself and he goes up to the top of the mountain or whatever. And before he does it, he puts a little dummy uh, that weighs about as much as he does. And he tries to, you know, as if it was going to hang and like it falls and it crumples down and it falls down this hill. And he imagines, you know, what if that was me? And what if I, you know, broke several bones and I was just here all by myself and I would just die in agony in that broken state. Uh, so anyway, I have this sort of fear of, you know, being home alone without a couple, without several days from, from someone coming to check on me and, uh, you know, breaking my legs and stuff and falling down the stairs or something. Is that, is that reasonable? You, you, you seem to have a lot of fears. <laughs> I fear everything. I'm afraid, I'm, I'm afraid this podcast has become quite dark. <laughs> you, you, anyway, you I'm expressing my... Well, I haven't, uh, I haven't feared today or lately about uh, somehow throwing myself off a mountain and just breaking every bone. No, that was. But I can imagine why. I can imagine why somebody might, who, as you say, is home alone. That, my friend, just like Macaulay Culkin. Now that, right? Now that was quite a movie. How many times have you seen it? Dozens. Six, eight, ten. So I have homework for you because you're in the De Rodriguez. I'm home alone. Of your home alone, your De Rodriguez. And that is to watch Moonstruck. Yeah. So we can talk about that. Yeah, I have that movie available. And other stuff is... It won an Academy Award. For what? It was the best picture. Best picture. Really? Yeah. All right, well... And the performance from Sir, she was nominated for Best Actress. If that isn't enough motivation, I don't know what is. I don't know why you're so reluctant to see this, but we've been talking about it for fucking 17 weeks. It's, it's, it's like, Jesus, just fucking watch the fucking movie so we can talk about it. It's it's sort of better if I don't. So. Why? So that you could piss me off every fifth episode? Yes. Because you still haven't seen it? That's the reason. In fact, I might watch it and not admit to it. So I may have already seen it. I, I'm just... Oh, that's bullshit. You've not already seen it. What's, what's the, I'm going to I'm gonna, 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 gonna push, push my buttons. Don't make me kick you until you're dead. Oh, yeah. You posted that in the show notes. <laughs> that clip. Yes. That clip. Olympia Dukakis. Oh, my God. One of the best roles ever, ever, ever. Speaking of uh, Olympia Dukakis, you know that I was in Natchitoches, Louisiana, where they filmed Steel Magnolias. Olympia Dukakis, I did Julia not, Roberts, I did not and that. it was quite, it was quite interesting to be in all those places where the movie was. They also had a nice little blues bar there that was open on the weekend. Papa's, well, Papa's had a two. Uh, the owners of Papa's had another restaurant right next door called Mama's, and Papa's was open as a blues club or an entertainment club over the weekend, and Mama's was open every day as a restaurant. It was a very, very, very 
cool spot, Nacogdoche. I think I said the story on an episode about pronouncing it Nacogdoches because I asked yes. Siri how to pronounce it, and she was all fucked up. How embarrassing. Well, I do recall uh, looking that up for some show notes, and the idea that it's pronounced Nacogdoches is just ridiculous. But well, I have lived in England where they say, you know, Leicester for something that is clearly like Lakecaster or whatever. It looks like it's pronounced. Yeah, right, right, oh, right, right, right. Like Smithics. What? Like Smithics. Smithwicks. You know, you know you want Smithwicks. That's, that's not the way it's, that's just not the way it's pronounced. <laughs> This week in my little village in northern Spain, we're having a uh, Celtic music festival. And it's they have this every year. And it's very curious because I had no idea about this, but apparently what were known as the Celts, uh, you know, from Scotland and Ireland and whatnot, uh, which I guess are sort of Viking in origin, uh, they have a pronounced presence in northern Spain. I don't know about the rest of Europe, but in northern Spain, we it's very a, a very common folklore instrument is like the the bagpipes or the flute or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, there's this sort of bizarre brotherhood with uh, with from northern Spain and the Irish and Scottish. And we have this festival, and sometimes people actually come from Ireland and Scotland to perform in this festival. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. That's fun. That's fun. When I uh, when I was hypnotized once, in a past life, I was in Ireland, laying on a table, stone table, wounded, wearing a furry uh, knee-to-foot uh, leggings with an old woman who was, I think, my mother, using what can only be described as a filthy wet rag. Wait, you, you were naked above the knee? Forehead. No, no. No, I just know I had the wrappings on because okay. I could see them when I looked down. Okay. But with a filthy rag, she was mopping my feverish forehead mm-hmm. with water out of a what appeared to be a wooden or a stone bowl. And I knew that in a previous life that I was an Irish uh, warrior who had been wounded in battle and, in fact, had died uh, on that table in a hut in Ireland. So, so okay, just FYI. So, what's your? How certain of you are, are are you of that? I experienced it. It's not a. It's not a matter of faith. It's observation. I, I experienced it. Okay, but what's the difference between that and a daydream or a dream or whatever? It felt more real. Because what happened? Because what one happened and one didn't. Next question. No, no, no. Your dreams happen. But this wasn't a dream. Okay, so it I was w- under hypnosis. Okay, so so you are very certain that it, that was a real thing. 
Um, I'm very certain that it's a possibility. Let me put it that way. Did oh, it okay. Actually, I, I don't know, but I will tell you this, that to trip backwards in my life, jetting backwards from every real experience that I know was real, through the birth canal, back to the other side of previous lives, was an astounding, an astounding experience. And so with a mixture of that, which I can confirm is real, and a mixture of that, which God only knows, I can only tell you that I pretty much consider it, uh, yeah, pretty good possibility that it happened. Although when I did a DNA test, I didn't come up with Irish at all. So there's that. There's your, there's your, there's your, your science conflicting. Yeah. The, the, but it's a, it's a spiritual, right. Spiritual, uh, uh perspective rather. Right. I don't know. It's, it's, don't know. it's curious to me that all the people that claim to have seen their past lives, turns out they're either royalty or warriors. Nobody is just your, your average, uh, Joe Blow cobbler on the street that is, you know, or, or even so less when, than, when less than looking, a cobbler that's like shoveling shit for a living. But you, uh, no, nobody nobody comes a, back uh, to that. Well, here's the thing. Whereas for sure, there were there are if if we're here's, granting the whole past lives uh, reincarnation uh, thing, uh, for sure there are people today that were in the past, you know, shit shovelers, and nobody and well, nobody when I they think, go to their medium you, comes back with that. I, well, I think you were. I think you were probably just a sweeper, well, for, and so were I, I. In fact was a warrior you were the guy in the corner of the room who i didn't even see during my memory punched over with a little fucking broom cleaning up the fucking dust and probably cleaning out my fucking shit pan probably that's your lot in life amigo (laughs) i can't i'm just saying i can't help it that you come from a long line of of you know sweepers or hot cleaners right or whatever, you probably slept in the haystack uh, and didn't even have a blanket. Your name would probably use some type of uh, tails of horses cut off and trimmed. Yeah, you covered yourself with those in corn stalks. I mean, I don't know, but there are those who had and those who didn't, and you were the ones that didn't, and that was your thing. Me, I was a warrior. You weren't even allowed. People like you weren't even allowed to carry my sword. Which probably weighed more than you did, probably because you were shriveled from lack of proper uh, nutrition. Breathing, breathing in all those, all those shit fumes, all, all day. As yeah. a sweep, as a sweeper, you probably hadn't taken a bath as now, as you as you are wont now, particularly during Dera Regeth. Hey man, so not I put a on a, I put on a shirt, days. right? Right. Who cares? Yeah. So in a woman around to say. Hey man, you stink. Take a shower. Mm, indeed. That prompting, which of course I I require. <laughs> in my. <laughs> no, anyway, I just my, I just want to point my weekly ritual. I just want to point out that it's pretty curious that everyone that has seen a past life has seen a good past life. No one comes back and says, "Wow, I was a slave." You think lying on a table dying from sword wounds is like a great life? I mean, I mean, I've, you were you weren't a sweeper. You were a warrior. Well. Well, at least the sweeper was alive in the corner, probably chuckling at my fate. I, I was, I was, being, I remember that. An erotic, pitiful character as you are. So, like, anyway, uh, look at that little warrior. Lol. I'm afraid. I'm afraid this is the image that we have to end this on because I gotta go. All right. Well, try not to get stabbed in the next week. We'll see you next week. 
If you've enjoyed what you just heard, you can support us by telling a friend or sharing us on social media. Monthly donations to help us pay for hosting and editing can be provided at patreon.com slash happy hour. That's all one word, happy hour. All our episodes, including show notes for each episode, are available on our website, happyhour.fm. You can tweet at us at happyhour.fm, that's with a dot spelled out, happyhour.dotfm, or we can receive email at the same name, happyhour.dotfm at gmail.com. It would also be great if you could give us a positive rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps other people find us. See you next week.